Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus That's That's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome in on this Friday night edition of the Sox on Tap postgame show. It's Johnny Nani alongside Tony Marchese. And unfortunately, White Sox break into the second half with a 7-1 loss to the Astros. But, Tony, it's been a little bit since, you know, uh, we've been on the mic together. Uh, Monday, we did our kind of uh, all-star break checkup. Obviously, the all-star break and then a couple off days after. And now we are finally back. Not in the fashion that we wanted to be. But I will say it is good to be back here. It feels normal talking White Sox baseball on a nightly basis. It does, Johnny. The All-Star break week, man, is one of the hardest weeks to get through as a baseball fan, let alone a White Sox fan in a year where they're doing so well. Uh, That was a rough one. I know we did our uh, All-Star break checkup show with uh, the full crew on uh, Monday night, but it's great to be back, Johnny. Yeah, uh, like I said, it just feels normal, feels natural uh, to be back uh, in this and talking about games right after giving you the immediate fan reaction here, as we always do on the Sox on Tap post game show. A lot to get to tonight, uh, but before we do, a little housekeeping. Make sure you're visiting ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can follow us on Twitter at Socks on Tap and at On Tap Sportsnet. Uh, this show is presented by Grandstand. So if you're looking for White Sox or Chicago sports merchandise, make sure you are visiting Grandstand at 35th and Wallace right by the ballpark. You can shop online, grandstandsocks.com, and follow them on social media for new releases at Grandstand Socks. Tony, now that that is out of the way, uh, here we'll just break in initial thoughts of tonight's game. Obviously, a 7-1 to one loss. Not pretty, but, um, you know, couple good things in the early going and then it seemed to unravel slowly and then much quicker uh in the latter stages of the game especially the seventh inning so uh kind of a frustrating thing i'll start initial thoughts the title of the show uh the city connect curse they are zero and three in these uniforms i think they look really cool but the play on the field has not been great so i think it's time to put these uh in the uh locker room for good uh what do you say Hey Johnny, I'm I'm you know it, I'm not superstitious at all. You know that. Uh, that's a lie. But um, you know, I, I think this one started out hot, and then uh, things happened and unraveled. And my initial thoughts to this one, and I'll get into this more, is your offense needs to show up against good baseball teams. Um, you know, I think Dylan Cease pitched well. I, I think that there were some things that happened during this one that. Uh, could have could have made or break this game, but your offense needs to show up in games like this. So that's where I'm frustrated, Johnny. Rightfully so, Tony. I mean, you know, you get two hits to start the game, start off hot. First two pitches, actually, Tim Anderson triple and then a Yoan Moncada double. Uh, and that brings Tim Anderson home. So White Sox on the board first in this one. Uh, but then you don't get a hit again until what? The ninth inning, and it was Tim Anderson again. So you're <laughs> 
three through nine batters went oh for 22 tonight shout out to uh our guy duke coughlin uh, for that little nugget uh, inserting in here that's not going to get the job done especially against a team that swings it well like the astros do no it's it's absolutely not and that's that's some putrid offensive showing from the light Sox. um you know i just i can't state this enough dylan cease looked great tonight johnny uh, especially it, through the first eight batters. Um, and then you start this game out with uh, Tim Anderson and Yon Moncada with extra base hits. We know extra base hits are cool and tough. And y- you want to see that set the tone for the game, uh, and you expected it to. I think all White Sox fans felt great after after that first inning, despite not being able to score more than one run, because you felt like you could hit this guy and then things go silent, and there's your problem right there. That's that's the end-all, be-all of it for me. Yeah, the, the approach is good to start. I mean, <laughs> granted, it was only two pitches there, uh, but, you know, you're not hitting McCullers slider too much. But people have not, and I believe the average that Benetti had mentioned was sub uh, 100 there in, like, 086 or something like that. So they jumped on fastballs early, so uh, that was, you know, a good approach going in. But you got to be able to adjust when the pitcher makes counter adjustments too, and they were not able to do that uh, at all tonight. Um, I think some of it can be a little bit of uh, still feeling like you're on break uh, being off. Obviously, most of these guys uh, were off uh, for most of this week outside of Tim Anderson, Lance Lynn, uh, Carlos Rodon, and Liam Hendricks, uh, three of which did not appear in the game tonight, obviously, uh, with them being pitchers. So, uh, yeah, it, it, a little stagnant uh, after the initial jump, and um, it, it just sucks, man, especially because it's a Friday night. You get an electric atmosphere. I will say, I got to give credit to the fans. They were bringing the energy early, man. Uh, they, they were giving the booze. It's the first time they've been able to see the Astros in person, and I, I don't give a shit what the hell happened down in Houston, whatever happened there, uh, and what happened uh, in the final score tonight. Uh, Houston cannot expect to just let you know 2020 and COVID let that blow over the whole cheating scandal. A lot of fan bases are still itching to give it to them, and I know we can't wait to get out tomorrow and do that in person. No, we can't wait to get out there tomorrow and do that in person, and more on that towards the end of the show. But, Johnny, I thought that the crowd tonight was – was absolutely giving it to him in the first. I mean, things were looking the White Sox way and and faded from there. Um, you know, like let's let's just track it through. Dylan Cease able to get through the second as well um, and and looked fine. There were there were every everything that you could look at during this game in the second inning. Sox looked like they had all the momentum, and that's important. And you, they let that slip away. Yeah, I mean, Dylan Cease, talk about him. It'll pop out first pitch, L2 to start the game, and then five straight strikeouts. So um, I think we'd be remiss if we did not mention that uh, and mm-hmm. how nasty this stuff looked, man. You, Tony, you know I love a good hammer and probably my favorite pitch in all of baseball. And Dylan Cease yes. had it crisp tonight uh, along with good fastball uh, tail uh, early on. Some of the nastiest stuff that I've seen him throw, and that's saying something uh, because most of the time when he's out there, that break is just absolutely insane. And, you know, tonight he was fooling hitters early and getting through those first two innings, Johnny, that's something that I've harped on Dylan Cease for a long time about is is getting through that stuff. And he is prone to the bad inning. I think that's something that, uh, you know, I've I've harped on, you've harped on. I think Buzz and even Steve have have gotten after that fact that he is prone to the big inning. There is going to be times where he slips up, but through those first two, that's where he's been the most susceptible. 
to that type of big inning, and he got through it against a really fucking tough lineup, man. Like, you talk about the first six hitters of any lineup, and you look at the Houston Astros, and you can sit there and say, well, that's one of the toughest to get through, and I was really impressed with what I saw early from Dylan Cease. Yeah, early on it was uh, you know stellar. That's the best way I can uh, describe uh, his outing in the early going, and uh, even in uh, the fifth inning, or excuse me, the third inning, win runs across the plate. Um, I you know I am a big Larry Garcia guy. You know me, Larry Legend. Uh, I got the jersey and all that, but it, it, this was not Larry's finest night. And I, I will you know I have in the past opening day last year. You remember, call him out when he needs to. Uh, not his finest night. He looks like prime example of one of those guys who still thinks it was the All Star break uh, because because he did not cover up second base uh, in a situation that would have allowed for a force out from Tim Anderson fielding a ground ball. He could have just flipped it to uh, Lurie at second had he been covering. He did not. Uh, that opened the door uh, for the Astros to score a couple of runs uh, in the third inning there, uh, and they would eventually take the lead and not surrender it from there on out. So um, tough go of it for Lurie tonight, man. But, um, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I all right, just – Putting things into perspective here is the first game back from the All Star breaks. People have been deprived of White Sox baseball for you know the greater part of a week here, um, and overreactions are going to fly. Uh, and we saw a lot of those tonight uh, on social media. And I get it. Uh, I'm with you. I'm passionate as a fan. You're in the moment. Totally understandable. But at the same time, let's not let tonight's effort on the field negate what Lurie Garcia has done uh, over the past, you know, months since Nick Madrigal uh, has been absent from the lineup. So I just wanted to throw that out there, not defending Lurie Garcia for his mistakes tonight. He absolutely deserves to be called out on them, but let's look at the big picture here. This is also only one game uh, in the first game of the second half. So there's still a lot of baseball left to be played, Tony. Yeah, there absolutely is Johnny. And I think that that's important to call out. Uh, you know, there's multiple players across this lineup that have, filled in and done an excellent job of uh, picking up the slack next man up, as you like to say. Um, and Lurie has been one of them because I don't think we're going to sit here and argue uh, about whether or not Lurie Garcia is an everyday starting MLB baseball player. If he would be better served as your bench guy, your utility guy, your glue guy that comes in and, you know, just can, can play everywhere and hold the team together. Uh, so they're, they're asking more of what, you know, they're asking more from Larry Garcia than I think that they originally expected to ask of him. And he's, he's answered the bell at every turn. Um, and, you know, tonight, you know, you, that, that's just a spot where you're susceptible to stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, he had another uh, issue in the fifth inning. Uh, he kind of cut in front of Tim Anderson uh, on a ball there. Uh, luckily, that did not cost uh, the White Sox in that game, but that's just another instance of it. Uh, I think, you know, mentally not all there tonight for Larry Garcia. So that's the story of that. Um, adding more to the Astros runs uh, top of the fifth. Brantley, two out solo shot. That one stings because, man, we talked about it way back in the early days. Uh, Michael Brantley would have been <laughs> great in a White Sox uniform, man. Yeah, he w- he would have. Uh, you know, that's that's some some long history back between podcasts that you and I have done and Michael Brantley. Um, you know, it's just unfortunate that you give up a bomb there in that situation. Um, again, that goes back to Dylan Cease and the horrible, no good, you know, terrible inning. So I, I don't even know. I don't even know what to do with that one right there, Johnny, because your offense at that point has to pick you up. It has to. Yeah. And it, th- there's no way out of it 
when Dylan Cease is on the mound, the offense has to score five runs. Yeah, and even with uh, the you know bomb by Brantley in the fifth inning, that's only three to one because Astros only got two in the top of the third. They got one in the top of the fifth. So that's only three to one. That's it's still a winnable ball game. Yeah, it's a very it's a winnable ball game. You can absolutely come back from that, but that also is contingent on the bats actually doing yeah. something. And they did not do anything outside the first two pitches, and then a Tim Anderson single uh, in garbage time uh, in the top of the ninth tonight. So I, I kind of want to talk about the middle here uh, of this because Cody Hoyer comes in after uh, you know Dylan Cease comes out five and two thirds, and Cody Hoyer is just fucking lost, man. I don't know any other way to describe it. You know, I was a big fan of his last year. I still am a Cody Hoyer supporter. I think the stuff is good, but man, something he is in his own head. And he is also mechanically just yanking things. You you saw some of those wild pitches. Luckily, I think only one of them uh, resulted in runners advancing, but man, he was yanking stuff into the ground. Uh, and, you know, even if, you know, I know Zach Collins is back there and people want to give him flack about, you know, not being able to, and I've given him my fair share of flack here on the show. I had a whole long segment about it. Even if Yasmani Grandal is back there, when you're absolutely throwing it like 57 feet and it's coming in, he throws pretty hard. I mean, when it's, you know, a sinker or a slider like that coming in uh, in the 90s range there, that, that ain't easy to block. So uh, Cody Hoyer looks lost. Luckily, he was able to get out of that because there's only the, uh, you know, he came in with the two outs already. So he was able to get out of that. But, we go to Aaron Bummer in to start the seventh, and uh, man, he's been a bummer this year. I hate to say it, but it's tough to watch, man, because he was close to getting out of that thing, could not completely uh, escape it, and it eventually turned into Jose Ruiz coming in, giving up a bases clearing double, and that was the ball game right there. Yeah, I mean, the wheels have fallen off the Aaron Bummer, like, you know, eighth inning, high leverage situation guy scenario. And I think that that's the most concerning thing to me right now, Johnny, with the entire pitching staff, is that you have you have Liam Hendricks to lock your ninth down. And if we're looking bigger picture here, you expected Aaron Bummer to be that guy that can get you out of situations like you saw tonight. And granted, I'm still not letting the offense off the hook here, but when you bring Aaron Bummer into this ball game, you need somebody who's going going to stop the bleeding. Yes. and give you that chance to get back into the ballgame. That's where Tony LaRusso is going to Aaron Bummer. And I saw a lot of I saw a lot of stuff on social media tonight blaming Tony LaRusso for this ball game because of bullpen management. And number 1, I'll go to the I'll point to the offense, but number 2, I'll point to Aaron Bummer being that guy and even Cody Hoyer to an extent being those types of guys that, you know, people people tagged Cody Hoyer and Aaron Bummer as, as, as future closers, guys that can get you out of those situations. And, Johnny, you know, you and I have also agreed that Cody Hoyer probably has the stuff that if he excelled to ex- his ceiling, he is a closer on a major league ball club because he has the stuff to get you through an inning. In very, the future, I cleaning. think. Yes. But that type of talent can't shit the bed as often as it has this year. Yeah. That's your that that's a major problem. It's not bullpen usage or bullpen management. That's that's on the field stuff that can't can't get the job done. And you've seen way too much of that from guys in this White Sox bullpen when you want to talk about the pen is mighty and say that this was the best bullpen in baseball coming into this year. They have been absolutely underwhelming when it comes to all that secondary stuff that they should have to get them through high leverage situations from the sixth 
through the eighth inning this year. Yep. And that's the reason why the top trade deadline priority is probably at least two bullpen arms. And that there's just no no other way around it. You, you can't you can go and, and make I, an argument. I never expected that. Yeah, no, I didn't either. At the beginning of the season, looking at it on paper, obviously before, you know, you gotta play the games before any of that happened, though, looking at it on paper. We were talking about this being one of the best in the American League, if not one of the best in the league. Uh, and obviously has not lived up to those expectations so far. So um obviously, you know what I, I will, you know, say I uh, usually I, I can call it out where it needs. I you know, Ruiz coming in there, that's not the guy that you want to go to. So uh I can call that one out. Um you kind of knew what was gonna expect there i think you put a tweet out right after that jose ruiz is in so now uh, i know i'm going to need at least three four extra beers tonight um that is definitely the case pretty much every time because um you know he's he's your low leverage guy he's when it's a blowout um already you know either way in your favor or if you're down big uh, that's when pretty much you go to jose ruiz um and uh, this was still a situation where white Sox were within striking distance and one swing of the bat uh, made it not within striking distance anymore so uh Reynaldo lopez comes in after that we don't need to talk too much about that he did not get touched at all but he also didn't look great um but i'm not I understand it. They want to get one last look at him here um, before he goes into these RB years. And I would imagine uh, it's going to be a pretty clear cut decision to not <laughs> tender him at all. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I, it was just kind of weird seeing Reynaldo Lopez back on the mound gave me like flashes of 2018, 19 white Sox. <laughs> it did. It, it absolutely did. And I'm, I'm just going to go back and, um, I'll kind of disagree with you on this one. I think that, you know, one thing that I've been consistent about with Reynaldo Lopez is that his, you know, his first time through the order numbers have always looked good. I think that he's always been a guy that can go to the bullpen and give you two innings. I think that that's like a sweet spot for Reynaldo Lopez. And I know he was starting down in AAA Charlotte. I don't know why. I feel like they should have, if they wanted to, um, you know, use his strengths um, the right way, they would have allowed him to go down to AAA, fulfill that two-inning bullpen role, and then call him up and do what they did with him tonight, even though it was low leverage uh, for him. But I want to see him in a high leverage situation. I feel like the time for that, though, has kind of passed, and that's that's on the White Sox player development staff um, and almost a you know systematic failure to what I think Reynaldo Lopez would have been good at. Although I am not a player development coach, I'm not on the coaching staff of the White Sox, Johnny. So I have no idea the thoughts and and, and decisions that go into to, to you know the thought process behind making these decisions where you use these guys. It's just interesting that you bring up Reynaldo Lopez right now, right at the second half, and throw him into the bullpen when he's been a starter down in triple a Charlotte, he's one of those guys that you probably would have expected to drop into a fifth starter role. If there was any injury issues with the starting rotation, granted, none of us would have wanted to see that, but I feel like the way they utilized him tonight could have also been a high leverage role, Johnny, just to see where he's at again, though, the time to play with that stuff is so far past us right now because we should be focused on winning ball games. I, I'm kind of lost with this one right now. Yeah, it's it's an odd situation because I think it was uh, pretty shocking to all White Sox fans everywhere uh, when that news broke this morning uh, that Reynaldo Lopez would be coming up. Um, obviously, uh, we know that Matt Foster has not been getting the job done uh, and 
no question that he should have been sent down to AAA. A lot of guys, a lot of people were calling for earlier in the season. And then you get Jace Fry um, also in that mix going down uh, with Aaron Bummer coming back. So, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they use him because this is, I will say, guarantee this is not the last time you see Ronaldo no, Lopez. So, it will not be. Uh, yeah. So it will be interesting to see uh, going forward. Um, but uh, the, that, you know, other than that, I mean, offense. Share your gripes, man. It's uh, we talked about it a little bit already, but you're you you can't get three hits and expect to get the job done. It just doesn't work that way. You, got, you when you have a pitcher coming in with almost a four ERA, like you know you've got to score some runs. And Dylan sees, and that's no dig against him. He pitched he pitched his ass off tonight, um, but you know you have to score runs, especially. In this day and age in baseball, you've got to be able to score some runs. You've got to be able to hit the ball in the air. Um, the the ground ball rate tonight was unbelievable. Johnny uh, just could not could not get the ball off the ground, and that's not gonna it's not gonna score you runs, dude. No, and yeah, it was Benetti that mentioned that the last ball that was hit in the air before I think the ninth inning, eighth or ninth inning, was uh, the last out of the first inning, uh, I believe. So that yeah, like you said, you're just speaking more to your point. That's not going to get the job done. Uh, they they need to figure it out here, um, and you need some of these big names to step up here. Uh, I know yes. Yohan Mankata came up with a nice uh, RBI double uh, on the very second pitch uh, that the White Sox saw tonight, and obviously Tim Anderson started that off with the triple. That's good, but we need. I need Jose Abreu. I need a Jose Abreu bomb. Uh, I need your guy Gavin Sheets. You've been picking for pick yes. clicks since he came up. Um, I need him to hit another home run. I need Andrew Vaughn to resume what he was doing right before the all-star break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is all the, also partially, let's take a step back. This is also partially overreaction on our part because it is one game. Flip, yes. The script could flip tomorrow night and we get like three, four bombs and we're feeling great about this shit. Yeah. Let's flip the script tomorrow night though. Like it, let's speak that into existence. We're going to be at the ballpark tomorrow, Johnny. Yeah, there's I, nothing more that I would love than Gavin Sheets hitting two home runs. Yeah, I, dude, any anyone anyone hitting the ball out of the ballpark because they've been few and far between uh, for the most part this year uh, with the White Sox. Feels like sometimes they come in bunches uh, and then other times they're not there at all. So uh, I'm over this game, Tony. Unless you have any final thoughts, no, let's, let's move on. To let's tomorrow. move on. Yeah, let's move on tomorrow. Um, it, it will be uh, the White Sox Astros six fifteen p.m. Central Time start. Uh, it is game on Fox nationally televised. So uh, on the big stage, they had that same setup uh, on the Saturday night game down in Houston. So uh, let's not uh, have a repeat of that because that game did not turn out well uh, for our White Sox. Um, So as we're looking ahead to this game, matchup wise, uh, Giolito for the White Sox, Odorizzi for the Houston Astros uh, tomorrow night. Tony, hate to say this about our own guy, but Lucas Giolito doesn't exactly inspire confidence in me that, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get out and get our stopper here tonight, whereas that should be if he's your ace and $200 million guy. Hey, statement game for Lucas Giolito. Here it is. There you go. You know, big stage uh, night game Saturday in Chicago. It's not a it's not a one o'clock start. No excuses. Can't stay up late. Can't be uh, you know playing video games till three a.m. and make the excuse that uh, you don't feel good by six o'clock. So it's it's time for Lucas Giolito to make a statement against the Houston Astros because here's a playoff caliber opponent. Big stage. It's all on the table. If you're an ace, this is what you fucking show up for. 
Absolutely. It is time for a statement game. And what better time to do it? You, you got some time to get off, uh, you know, uh, off of the baseball grid, refresh, refocus uh, over the break, go out and dominate to start. And I will say uh, props to Dylan Cease for starting off uh, that way. Obviously, a few things in the field did not go his way. But, hey, I think he, uh, the break did him well. Uh, and you saw it in the stuff tonight uh, and the strikeout numbers. He got a double digits in 10. So yep. uh, I'm looking for that in Giolito because Giolito – is a big strikeout pitcher as well. Uh, let's get deceptive. Uh, let's miss bats because whenever they hit the ball in play, uh, it is always, uh, it seems like a threat uh, when it's talking about the Houston Astros. Uh, just looking at some of the guys that he's going up against. Uh, Brantley, two home runs against him. El Tuve, two home runs against him and just, you know, six at bats. Uh, you know, it's you're, you're going to have to get the job done. You're going to have to miss bats. You're going to have to get them to put the ball on the ground. Uh, and the White Sox offense has to absolutely pick it up tomorrow, Tony. Uh, we, we need to speak it into existence. I want to see multiple bombs, all the fireworks. You know, they had the fireworks show post game tonight. Not exactly uh, the most, uh, you know, upbeat mood uh, after right. a loss like that. Uh, but uh, let's inject some life from the ballpark tomorrow with some fireworks uh, because of home runs. We absolutely have to, and and you went uh, you went there already, but uh, that's on some of the star players. Uh, Yon Moncada needs to leave the yard. Jose Abreu needs to leave the yard. Um, you know, despite the uh, the Gavin Sheet show that we saw early on uh, in his call up, uh, I'm not going to put a lot of this onto him. That's some supplementary stuff against these good teams. Your stars have to show up. This one is squarely on Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Yohan Moncada to show up. If they get somebody else that's the hero, great. But those guys have to start and lead by example. That's where this one's at. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, it, when we're talking about this, guys that need to step up, uh, I, I know we talked about the big the big guns. Uh, we need that. We, we absolutely do need our star players to step up. But uh, you talked about, uh, you know, if it's tertiary guys uh, coming through uh, in the clutch a little bit. One guy who I think has been able to do it, and it seems like he can just golf some balls out of the ballpark, uh, and he's hitting 600 against Mr. Odorizzi. I'm going to go with Brian Goodwin uh, for my pick to click tomorrow. How about you? I love it, Johnny. I don't know if Gavin Sheets is actually going to wind up in the lineup tomorrow, but he's my he's my first pick. If he's not in the lineup, though, I'm going to go with Jose Abreu, Johnny. I'm going to give uh, a second pick. That, that would have been my second. So uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with if, if Gavin Sheets is not in the lineup, give me Jose Abreu on backup uh, because I feel like he is the guy that needs to uh, set the tone a little bit. I think he needs to do some more MVP shit. Uh, but if Gavin Sheets is in there by chance, and and maybe he will be, you know I'm riding with my guy. Yeah, of course you are. And never change anything ever. All right. Uh, we, we're done with the game preview here. Uh, let's get into some fun stuff here. Um, and the fun stuff will be the tailgate tomorrow. Um, man, we're doing it big. Lot B. Uh, 3 p.m. Uh, look for the flags on tap sports net socks on 35th flags. We'll be out there. Black flags. Go find us parties under there. Uh, we'll have it all set up. We'll have snack foods, um, you know, music bags, uh, some props showing up, Tony. Yeah, we've got some props for the uh, for the tailgate tomorrow. It should be should be really fun. I'm not going to disclose too much, but uh, nice some some photo opportunities with the with the props and uh might be a little demonstration, Johnny. It is trash can demolition night. Yeah, exactly. I think it's very fitting for the theme. I got a little preview of it, and I can't wait uh, for all 
uh, of White Sox fans and uh, anyone coming to the tailgate uh, to come uh, and come out and see that and enjoy uh, the time because uh, we love just getting out there, uh, being able to, you know, it's nice that tailgating's back. This is only like the second big one uh, that we've done. Obviously, we did one on the reopening weekend uh, to start against the Mariners. Obviously, a lot of crazy weather in that, but I was doing the mudslide, yes. all of that stuff. Uh, but tomorrow, weather is looking a little bit better, so uh, should have a more standard setup for this tailgate. Once again, look for the flags on TIP Sportsnet, Sox on 35th flags in Lot B. You can find us under there uh, looking to start around 3 p.m. Uh, so should be getting rolling uh, about yeah, two and a half hours before the game or so uh, when it kicks into high gear. So, Tony, final thoughts before we close it out? Final thoughts. I want to be walking out of the ballpark tomorrow, Johnny, with a win. I want to see some fireworks. I want it to be exciting. The tailgate won't let down. I hope the Sox don't let us down once we get into the ballpark. Yeah, it's time to beat the Astros here. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, concerns when we were doing our little uh, all-star break checkup and concerns were about uh, the, the uh, you know, sub 500 record versus teams uh, above 500. So um, the White Sox need to start turning that trend around. Uh, this is a team that you very well could see in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, let's go and get it done. And you're on the national stage. So uh, yes. act like it because, you know, it's kind of been a foreign concept in years prior uh, with the White Sox and rightfully so because they were not in competitive situations, but you are now you are. So go out, show the world what you can do. Uh, Lucas Giolito looking for some missing bats. Uh, That's what I am looking for. And the White Sox need to find their bats tomorrow night. So that's all I've got for this one. Give me a complete game tomorrow, Johnny, not a complete game from Lucas Giolito, just all around from this white Complete, complete team game, complete team game. Go out there and show the world what the White Sox are about. That's what we're looking for. We're going to be there for it. Join us in Lot B before the game. Let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, this show is presented by Grandstand. Make sure you're visiting GrandstandSox.com. Following them on social media at GrandstandSox. And you can visit their physical location right there near the ballpark, 35th and Wallace. Make sure you're visiting on tap Sportsnet for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Follow us on Twitter at SoxOnTap and at ONTAP Sportsnet. Tony, that's all I've got. Shake this one off, drink it off, excuse me, and get right back at it tomorrow. Hey, it's misery beers tonight. Let's have some victory beers tomorrow, Johnny. White Sox forever. White Sox forever.